Do you ever just look around and just think how different life is now compared to when you were born or when you were young? <laughs> I was born in 1977, <laughs> which the world was way different at that point. And I think, what about when my dad was born and my mom? 1952, the world was way different. <laughs> what about my grandma? <laughs> uh, no, 1932, I think she was born. Like the world was way different. I, I, I remember, you might not be able to relate, but I remember when I'd get a call, it wouldn't just be on some device. And now do we even call people? We just message people. <laughs> when the phone rings, you're like, why are you calling me? <laughs> but I remember when I was in middle school and high school that like wanting to take a call at the house and someone would call and there were no wireless phones at that point in time. I would actually have to take the phone. We had a really long cable. It had to be plugged into the jack in the wall and like this one phone, take it into the other room, put it under, close the door. It's like things were just... When you think about it, that was just one of the many things with how different life was. I find that some people today are getting derailed because life is so different, because the world is so different. And I just want to encourage you today that, that things are going to change. Things are going to shift. We're going to find ourselves in, in different seasons. We're going to find ourselves in different surroundings. But, but don't be derailed by different in the book of Daniel, things, things got different. Here, as we jump into chapter 6, you see that there is a new kingdom, which was different. There is a new king, Darius, who's different. The, the Babylonian king, who had followed Nebuchadnezzar, had been conquered. His kingdom had been conquered by the Persians. Do you remember King Nebuchadnezzar's dream? <laughs> we're, we're, we're seeing some of these things like, whoa, this is what, this is what the dream was about. And, and we're seeing now that, that there's this new king. At your work, maybe, it, it was purchased by a different owner. And so now you got new owners. So things are going to be different. And, and when a new king comes or when new owners take over, they're going to reorganize. And so this new king was going to set 120 individuals to basically govern the nation. But over those 120, <laughs> he would put three individuals to help provide oversight of the 120. And, but of those three, he was, he was planning on putting Daniel over the three, over as Daniel, one of the three, but over everything. It's like, wait, hold on. <laughs> Daniel was going to be like the CEO. <laughs> is, that, is that your dream? to become a CEO, the chief executive officer, where you're like, the buck stops with, with me. <laughs> Here's the thing. When you're leading an organization, may, maybe you don't lead an organization. Maybe you just lead like a team at that company you work at, or, or maybe you're just leading your family. But, but, but when you're in leadership, it's the most important resource, it's people. It's not strategy. Strategy is important. It's not processes. Processes are important. Some people think, oh, the most important recess or resource is money. No, money is not the most important resource. Some people, it's all about marketing. Marketing may be important for your company, but the most important resource, it's people. If you get the right person 
They can take things that are wrong and make them right. <laughs> We're the wrong people. <laughs> they take what's right about the company and they make it wrong. But the right people make things better. The right people take things and make it more efficient. The right people take things and they, they make it even more effective. Here's the thing about, about leaders. Leaders decide on their people and their people determine the progress of what's going to be taking place. Now, we're, we're looking at this and we're like, wait, hold on. Why Daniel? Why was he going to put Daniel over everything? Because Daniel had served the former government. Daniel was a foreigner anyway. <laughs> Daniel, by this point in time, his age, he's older. Some scholars would say he's in his 80s. Others would say maybe he was even 90. <laughs> At this point, some think that maybe he was even semi-retired. If we look at it, there were a lot of things working against Daniel. Do you find that in your life right now, that there's a lot of things working against you? You're like, wait, hold on. I, I don't have the education I need. That's working against me. I, I, don't, I don't have the experience. That's, that's working against me. Maybe you got a criminal record, and you're like, this, this is working. There, there's a lot of things working against me. Why Daniel? It says that Daniel so distinguished himself. <laughs> How did he do that? Well, well, here's the thing. To distinguish means that you set apart as different. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that we can look at middle schoolers and be like how they're all trying to fit in. They all dress the same, talk the same. <laughs> how, how many other parents are out there are like, would you stop calling me dog? <laughs> I'm not your dog. Stop calling me bro. Yo, bro, bra, bra. Like I, I'm your mom. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not your bra. Like, so, but, but, but it's not just middle schoolers trying to fit in that oftentimes we do that even as adults. But what distinguishes us is not how we fit in, it's how we stand out. <laughs> what, what, what sets you apart? You stand out, it, it sets you apart. It would be an exceptional quality. And you might be like, there is no exceptional quality about me. There is nothing exceptional about me. Well, I want you to know God does not make or create average ordinary. There is something exceptional about you. Maybe you haven't discovered it yet. You, you see, when it comes to an exceptional quality, the first thing is you need to discover it. And the second thing is you need to develop it. There's this mindset in our world today that it's just, I was just born this way. I was just born this, I'm, I'm born with what I have. No, it's not that you're just born like that. You might be born with, with what could become, with, with potential, but with that potential, you must develop it. So it's not just being born that way. It's becoming all that God has created and called you to be, all that you're capable of. You need to develop and discover you're different. One of the unique uh, opportunities and challenges parents have is to see those of us who have multiple kids, you, you begin to see that the kids are different, that, that they each have something unique about them. And so as a parent, how do you help your kids discover and develop what makes them different, what makes them unique, what makes them exceptional? <laughs> You oftentimes begin with, with what interests them. If you want to discover 
what's exceptional about you. Just start looking at what, what, is, what is of interest to me. But then after you discover what is of interest to you, it requires practice. <laughs> People say practice makes perfect. Practice doesn't make perfect. It's basically practicing it. It's spending time and energy, consistent practice, and not just consistent practice, but it is quality practice. You see, you might be interested in something, but you need to practice. Some people are practicing, but their minds aren't focused. You need to have focused time. You need to have quality practice. And then what happens after that? is you need to get feedback. <laughs> Some of us as parents, it's, it's giving feedback to our kids. Leaders, it's, it's giving feedback to other people, not in a way that discourages them, but in a way that encourages them. Not just giving them fluff, but something like, hey, here's what you're doing great, but then also here's an area that I think you could really step it up. Here's an area that you could even grow. It comes from having a mindset that that we're here to grow and develop. Some people just have this mindset that that I am who I am. I'm going to always be this way versus realizing no, we we can actually grow. You might be ordinary at most things, but I want you to know you can become extraordinary at something. So so we see here that King Darius planned to put Daniel over the kingdom. Like some of you, you might have planned to start a business. You might have planned to start a family and, you know, name your kid Malachi or whatever. You, you have these plans. Have you ever found, though, that sometimes along the plan, there's this opposition? There's, there's obstacles that, that come up? Here's the thing. Not everyone will like your plans. People like the plan, Malachi, Daniel would have been a much better name. People might not have liked your plan. You're going to start a company and you're going to do that. I don't like that. You should start a company and you should do something else. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You, you plan to marry them? Uh, I don't, <laughs> maybe, maybe your mom's like, I don't like that. I don't like that plan. And so these individuals were irritated by the plan. Part of why they were irritated is because they were envious envious of, of Daniel. Maybe they were irritated because of his age. <laughs> I know today, especially uh, certain generations don't respect people over a certain age, irritated. It's like, just get out of the way. You're, you're too old. They, they might have been irritated because Daniel was a foreigner. They, they were actually also probably irritated because Daniel would bring accountability <laughs> it's like, w follow the money. Where's the, where are the resources being, being spent? Because these individuals were probably working, working the system, probably profiting themselves. Oh, I know we don't know anything about that today. Clearly, our politicians are not profiting from the decisions that they make. When you look at them investing <laughs> in certain companies right before certain things are approved before government, you I mean, before it's like you before they're it's like wait hold on what's going what's going on here? They they were trying to find an area. To get Daniel, just like maybe someone's trying to find an area to, to get you, trying to find something wrong. They, they were looking at, can we find something wrong with Daniel's work? But they couldn't. Daniel was a hard worker. I, 
I hope the same would be said about you and me. They, they tried to find something about Daniel that, that maybe he was corrupt, but no, he was a person of integrity. I hope the same would be said about you and me. It's like they're trying to find something wrong. <laughs> I like imagine them looking through his trash. <laughs> Or, or maybe going through his mail. Lindsay and I, not too long ago, it was like our mailbox was destroyed. People were trying to get in the mail. Now, it wasn't just us. It was all the mailboxes. Anyone know? Like You're like, wait, hold on. They're out to get me. I think Guns N' Roses used to have a song called They're Out to Get Me, But They Won't Catch Me Because I'm, I'm Innocent. They, they're, they're, out, they're out to get us oftentimes. That's why we need to get ready for it before we get there. Maybe you're wondering, why hasn't God done this in my life? Why hasn't God brought me here? Why hasn't God opened up this opportunity? Because if you get there before you're ready, you'll destroy it or it'll destroy you. It's like to really be ready to be married. Otherwise, you'll destroy that marriage. To really be ready to launch that company. Otherwise, the pressure will will destroy you. This is the process of, of God working out the impurities in our life. Some of us, God right now is, is, working on, is working out some things in our mindset because our mindset isn't where it needs to be. We need, our minds need to be renewed. For, for, for some of us, maybe it's our motives. There are some impure motives that, that God is, is working on. That's why we need to continually get ready for what God has ready for us. Get ready for what God has ready for, for you. <laughs> The, the only way, the only way that they found that they could get to Daniel was his commitment to God. As a kid, I loved Superman. I couldn't even pronounce it when I was so little. My mom says, I used to say, Superman. I had this cape and I would just jump off everything thinking I could fly. I'm grateful that my parents realized he can't fly, so we're, we're not going to let him jump off a building. He's just a kid. We need to be careful the decisions we allow our kids to make that they think they're this, that they're thinking, I thought I was Superman, but I wasn't. In fact, my parents had to stop letting me watch the Hulk because I would just break things. <laughs> Superman, though, he had his kryptonite. What could stop Superman? <laughs> kryptonite? I, I wonder, what is your kryptonite? When I was a lot younger, there was a, an older minister who, who, was, who was warning a lot of us that to, be, to, to beware of what could bring us down. And he said, it's, <laughs> he said it's power could bring you down. If you're too caught up in power, money can bring you down. Be careful with money <laughs> and, and sex. It's like you got to be careful. You got to make sure that you're not putting yourself into, into positions that, that you shouldn't be. You need to know before, like, here's the area that I may be vulnerable so that you know you can work on it and strengthen it and bring accountability. We need to value our integrity more than people's acceptance. Some of us right now are living for the acceptance of people when we need to live just is like for an audience of one. It is about our integrity. So these individuals, they went to King Darius and they're like, wait, hold on, King. Now, Daniel wasn't with them, but they're like, we all think, everyone thinks. Isn't it amazing that, 
that those people would be like everyone thinks? It's like some of us buy into that. Well, everyone thinks this. No, everyone doesn't think that. Do you know what everyone is saying? Everyone is not saying that. That just means you're a liar. <laughs> Here's the thing. They knew that this new king wanted to unify the people. They, they, they knew his desire and they approached it with deception. It's why we need to be careful when people come to us and they, they're clever. And they brought to him a clever pro- plot and they were also clever in how they brought it to him in their, in their presentation. They're like, King, issue a degree <laughs> that, that, that people can only pray to you. Just, just for 30 days. 30 days isn't that, isn't that long? Make this decree that it, it, it cannot be changed. And if anyone doesn't fall through, they're going to be thrown into the den of lions. They, they, were, they were flattering him because it's, oh, you're amazing. You're awesome. Worship you. Worship you only. I want you to know, be careful with people who are like think, telling you you're the greatest ever and this and that and trying to like, wait, hold on. What do you want from me? <laughs> what, what are you trying to do? What, what was happening is they were, they were persecuting Daniel. Throughout history, believers have been persecuted. They've been falsely accused. They, they've been cruelly punished. <laughs> I, I, I read a quote some time ago, and this, this author said that, that we as followers of Jesus should be more concerned that we deserve the persecution than to be delivered from the persecution because deserving it would be evidence of our faithfulness. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Most of us are like, God, get me out of this versus, whoa, am I really deserving of this because this is evidence of my faithfulness? Yet here's the thing, when you're living in persecution, Keep your eyes and keep your vision on God's promise. Let me say that again. When you're living in persecution, when you're living in pain, when you're living in opposition, keep your eyes focused on the future. Keep your eyes focused, seeing the vision that God has for your life. It changed. The world changed, but Daniel didn't. You see, we're called to change the world, but I wonder how many of us are just being changed by the world. Not Daniel. Daniel was battle-tested. That's why I love uh, followers of Jesus. Those of us who we've been through stuff. It's like, you want to talk about stuff? We've been, like, in the family, the fam- family situations, we've been through stuff. Oh, financial struggles, we've been through stuff. Oh, battles, we're battle-tested. You see, for over 80 years, Daniel had been faithfully following God. He, he, his life had already been saved by interpreting a dream. He'd seen God's faithfulness. He had three very close friends who'd been saved from the fiery furnace. He was battle-tested. And so even with this, three times every day, he got on his knees and he would pray. He, he would not close the windows. He had his window opened and he would be looking out <laughs> towards Jerusalem. You see, he didn't go to a private place. He said, no, this thing, my, my, my following God is staying public. He could have been like, it's just one month. <laughs> one month, I could close my window. I, I could do this secretly. After all, 
But no, his windows were open towards Jerusalem. His windows were open. What does Jerusalem signify? That's God's promise. It's like, wait, hold on. You see, in life, some of us need to shut some windows and we need to open some windows. Some of us, the windows we're looking at, it's the news. And that's what we're focused on, where we need to start looking through the windows. We need to start reading the promises of Scripture. Some of us, we need to shut some windows and get out of some environments we're in and start walking, maybe in in nature, and start just being reminded of how great God is and how great His promise is to us. There was the place. There was the pattern And there was the posture when it came to Daniel's prayer life. There was the place. He would have the windows open. I don't know about some. I remember back in the day when I was a kid, people would talk about a prayer closet. For me, it's not a prayer closet, but I got a place. And I know that that, that this is the place of prayer. There was a pattern three times a day. You're you're like, well, is it something like, do I need to do it three times a day? Is it all about? No, but it's, it's about having discipline, knowing that I'm going I'm to pray three times a day. You see, some of us, like, if you're like, oh, I, I work out how often? What's your workout plan? Oh, just when I feel like it? You're not going to feel like it. Well, I, I pray just when I feel like it. Now, I know the Bible says pray without ceasing, but I'm just talking about a focused discipline here, about consistency. And then there was a posture. He was on his knees. There, there's a posture to prayer. Prayer is so powerful. There's, there's different... Like, when you talk about prayer, some people are like, how do you pray? Well, how do you talk? <laughs> One aspect of prayer is talking to God. You're like, I don't know what to say. There's prayers in the Bible. Just repeat that. That'll, that'll get you going. <laughs> then there's prayer that's not just talking to God. There's, there's another aspect of prayer, which is talking with God. <laughs> just be sharing your heart, <laughs> talking with them about your day, your challenges, not only is there prayer talking to God and talking with God, but there's another aspect of prayer, listening to God. It's like, I wonder if God's like, would you just stop talking for a moment and listen? But then there's even another element of prayer, which is being with God. You know, if you're out on a first date and there's just silence and you're not talking It would be awkward. (laughs) You'd be like, there's not going to be a second date. But after years of marriage, there's moments, not that many, but there are moments where Lindsay's not talking (laughs) and I'm not talking. And we're just in each other's presence because as you go, as you go deeper, I remember seeing an interview years ago with Mother Teresa and as she was being interviewed, we were saying, so, so what do you say to God when you pray? And she's like, I don't say anything. And the interviewer was really thrown off. Oh, oh, you don't say, well, well, then what does God say to you? And she said, he doesn't say anything. And the interviewer is totally thrown off. Sometimes there's this power where you're like, it wasn't the word I said to God or necessarily even sometimes it's not even a word God gave me, he's just doing something just by being in his presence. Here's the thing. If you consistently kneel in prayer, you'll be able to consistently stand in faith. And these individuals found Daniel praying. I wonder if people were looking for you and I, would they find us praying? Where would they find you? At the club? <laughs> At the bar? <laughs> 
uh, online looking at content you shouldn't be looking on? Or what? Hey, where would they find us? They find us praying. They found him. They went and told the king, and the king was distressed because Daniel was his friend and Daniel was his helper. Pride had got the best of the king. He had gotten angry and he made a rash decision. All of this could have been avoided had the king taken more time. All of this could have been avoided if the king got better advice. Do you ever look at your life? I know I do mine. Sometimes I'm like, I shouldn't have made that decision so quickly. I should not have let emotions get the best of me. I should have got some input. Sometimes that'll keep us from from making some bad decisions. And so the king was like, what what am I going to do? I already decreed this can't be changed. He was determined to save Daniel, but he couldn't. And so Daniel was thrown into the den of lions. You're like, wait, what? Uh, Why would God allow that? (laughs) The people debate divine sovereignty and human responsibility. It's been debated for years and years and years. And Yet, I don't think it's one or the other. I, I, I don't think that divine sovereignty and human responsibility, I don't think they conflict. I don't think they contradict one another. You see, to ignore God's sovereignty is to exalt human responsibility. In, in a sense, we make ourselves our own savior. And yet, to deny responsibility, human responsibility, is that if we deny that, we're just making ourselves a robot without accountability. There is this beautiful balance that exalts God and enables His people to live victoriously no matter what circumstances we are facing. Nobody is more free than the believer who is surrendering to the sovereign will of God. So now we jump into Daniel chapter 6, verse 17. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. Daniel's in it. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Maybe you feel like that. I'm, I'm in a situation that cannot be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. Now, I don't know when you think of lions what you think about. I don't know, maybe you think of Lion King, and you're just like, oh, but but that's not what this is. These are vicious lions. They probably were not fed very well, so they were on edge. They, they, they were hungry. Daniel, he is in a dark den of death. Can you relate? Maybe not a lion's den, but you're in a dark den of death because you're in a court battle and you're in that courtroom and you don't know what is going to happen with your kids. You are in a dark den of death because you're, you're visiting someone that you love so much but but you're visiting them at a psych ward and you don't you're like that how this is going to end you're you're the dark den of death as you sit by someone that you love so much as they receive those infusions at the hospital the the dark den of death and yet who was having a harder night daniel or the king because it says the king was the one 
It was like, wait, because what he did, he, he couldn't be changed. It, it couldn't be changed. He couldn't eat. People who are like, I'm stressed, I'm overeating. That's one thing. But when you when it's when you're in the dark den of death, you can't eat. Anyone know what that's like? I've been there. I lost so much weight. <laughs> I was like, it's because you can't keep food down. When you're in the dark den of death, you, you can't sleep. And people are like, well, well, what about entertainment to distract you? That that if you're able to be distracted by, by that device or by that show, you're probably not in that dark den of death. But if you're the ones who are like, you're like, I, 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 the TV's on, but I can't even focus right now because I'm in this dark den of death. I, I'm being tormented. I cannot even sleep right now. Yet I want you to know that with God, this is not going to devour you. God is going to deliver you. Verse 20 <laughs> It's the next morning. He, the, the king hurries up. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I done any wrong before you, your majesty. I love this. and just want to point out that God could have sent his word, but he sent an angel. This is like, not only am I going to protect you, but I'm going to comfort you. I don't know if you had a healthy parent, but as a kid, there, there was nothing more comforting than when you were in a scary situation to, to be held by your mom or, or to be held by your dad and, and to be comforted. And I love that because God doesn't just deliver us. He wants to comfort us, that, that nothing and no one can stop God's covering over you, but comforting you as well. Verse 23, when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. God did not shut the den of lions. He didn't stop Daniel from getting in there. He shut the mouths of the lions. He stopped the, the lions from getting to Daniel. And we see here, there's no wounds. That's the thing. When you walk through good things with God, it's like, wait, hold on. There's no evidence, nothing like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I was in it, but it didn't get it didn't get to me. It's like the story seems too, too good to believe. So I, sometimes when you hear people talk about what God's brought them through, what God's done, and you look at them and you're like, it seems too good to believe. But that, that's how God works. Verse 28. I love this and I'll end with this. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius. <laughs> So Daniel prospered, not just the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. See, Daniel kept prospering. They tried to punish Daniel, but God prospered him. They may be trying to punish you, but God is going to prosper you. Oh, I love this. So Daniel prospered during the reign. I, I want to declare this over your life. So you prospered in 2023 and into 2024. So you prospered when the economy what was dealing with inflation. So you prospered when, when rates to borrow were high. So you prospered. You see, God, God is there with you and God is for you. And you can trust God to get you through life's hardest times, but not just that, to get you to 
the best times you ever dreamed possible.